Fresh cut french fries are a great way to set your business apart from the competition. But is it worth the effort to do it right? And will your guests even care? Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can hear you saying, Bill, what kind of potatoes should we use? Okay, let's start with that. The answer is russets. You should use russet potatoes. They have a bright white flesh that becomes fluffy and dry when it's cooked. They're kind of like a baked potato. And when they're deep fried, they become crispy on the outside while remaining very fluffy on the inside. Now, understand that with most produce, you're going to have two different kinds of grades, and potatoes are no different. With potatoes, we also have multiple sizes, and we have to figure out which one is the most optimum for cutting into french fries. So let's go through the positives and negatives of the grades and the sizes. You should use grade number one and you should get them in cartons rather than buying bags from the grocery store. When you buy them in a carton, they're going to be packed in 50 pound cases and they're sold by the count per case. The best size for cutting for french fries is 80 or 90 count. Those are kind of small potatoes and they're also generally the least expensive because they're tiny. They aren't considered to be good for baking because they're little, but they go through your cutter really easily. The larger the case count, the smaller the potato. So you heard me say 80 or 90 count, but there's also 60 or 70 count potatoes. Those are a little bit larger. A 70 count potato is about the same size as a baked potato from Wendy's. And they'll go through your cutter, but there's going to take a little bit more effort. And if you do lots and lots of french fries, that's going to make you a little bit more tired on those busier days. There's also 40 count and 50 count potatoes. And those actually add on more labor, even though there's more potato there because they're bigger than your cutter. So you're going to have to cut them down before they even fit in the average size cutter. Those 40 or 50 count potatoes are the ones that a food truck that specializes in baked potatoes would use. That's the huge potato. And it gives a really great presentation. And it's very generous and there's a lot of value perceived in those huge potatoes. But it's not real good for cutting up into fries. Now I mentioned the number one grade potato. They're going to be slightly more expensive than... You guessed it, the number two grade. But those number ones will also have fewer misshaped potatoes. They'll have less defects like cuts or bruises, and there'll be no chipped ends. A chipped end is where the digging mechanism has cut off a small bit of the potato. And when you go to fry that, it's going to fry up a little bit darker and look burnt. So we don't want to use those. Plus, number one grade potatoes will have less chance of there being internal decay in any of the potatoes. Because the only way you're going to discover that is when you put it through the cutter, and then you go, oh, crap there's a potato that was rotted on the inside. Now you have to go clean the cutter and then dig out all the rotten little bits that fell into your holding container for the cut potatoes. So it costs you a little bit of time. Now having said all that, 
Number two grade potatoes are cheaper. That's because they, they could be pointed on one end, they could be misshapen, they could be slightly curved, and they're going to have more defects both on the inside and on the outside. But they do taste exactly like the other ones. There's no difference in flavor. They certainly will work for a fresh cut potato, but you got to remember, got to beware of those decayed little bits and what you'll have to do if you do find some. Now you got to understand the potatoes are washed when they come out of the ground and then they're stored and then they're run through lines again at the shop at the shipping facility before they're packaged into the different cases and sent on their merry way. So they've had a double washing, but it's not a serious double washing. There's going to be traces of dirt on the potatoes, so you got to make sure that you're going to wash and rinse them and dry them before you go to cut them. So this adds on more time. You want to make sure that you're cutting with a sharp blade. A french fry cutter, whether it's a tabletop model or a wall mount, is best for speed and consistent fry sizing. I would not recommend doing this by hand. Frequently cleaning the slides is needed on a cutter to help the cutting mechanism move freely. Use a little bit of vegetable oil on a paper towel, run it up and down the glides, and you'll see the, the cutting mechanism move very easily. But you do also have to replace those blades from time to time. They're going to get dull, and when they get dull, they create a ragged cut. And then when you go to drop those fries, they're going to break apart more easily, and they'll end up having more damage to them. So you end up with smaller french fries, and when you have smaller french fries, you end up using more to make your containers look full. So it costs you more money. You can pay about 150 for a cutter that works if your truck is low volume. And low volume would be about 150000 a year or less. Remember, the better quality equipment is an investment in your business. The higher volume trucks should consider a hydraulically operated machine. Nemco, for instance, makes one. And I'm sure there's other places that do as well. Once you got the fries cut, guess what? You're going to have to rinse them again. The potatoes should be cut into a clean sink, fill that sink with water, and then transferred into large food-safe buckets. And then these buckets need to have water on them, and it should cover the french fries, and that helps to prevent the oxidation. You want to have chilled water with a little bit of acidity, and you could add like white wine vinegar or a little bit of lemon juice. You want to think along the, the lines of about a tablespoon per gallon. So if you use a five-gallon bucket, about five tablespoons. And you want to store them in your refrigeration until you're ready to blanch them. Okay, so when we're ready to blanch, you want to check the water to see if it's cloudy. And if it's cloudy, it means there's a lot of starch. So you want to rinse the fries in the bucket until the water runs clear. Now you're going to be real careful with the fries. Pick them up and drain the water off. You can use one of those giant salad spinners. They make one that's actually trash can size, so you can put a lot of fries into it. As a crank on the top, when you crank the crank a couple of times, it really gets that inner basket spinning rapidly and it spins all the water off of the fries. But you got to be careful because it could also break some of the fries as well. And if you've never seen one, just think of it as being sim similar to the spin cycle on your clothes washer at home. Now, it's very important that you shake to drain off as much water as possible. And this is right before you're going to put it into the fryer. So even after you've spun them, there's still going to be water clinging to some of those fries. Get as much water off of them as possible and then drop them into the fryer. The problem with there being water on the french fries is the water immediately vaporizes. And it creates that little popping that we see in here and it sends those little hot oil splatters everywhere water is the enemy of shortening and it speeds up the breakdown of the oil there's other things that speed up the breakdown too like if you don't skim off those little bits of the fries and little pieces that breaks down the shortening quicker if you salt the fries over the shortening that breaks it down if you have the temperature set too high that breaks it down 
I've talked about the enemies of shortening in a previous episode. And if you don't remember, those enemies are light, carbon, water, air, salt, and heat. you got to understand how each one of those impacts your shortening to help extend the life of your shortening. Most folks use a two-stage cooking process to speed their service times. We talked about blanching. That's the first stage. And blanching typically is done around 325. And you're going to fill a basket about a third to a half full and never, ever more than half full. The fuller you fill the basket, the longer it takes to cook and the more uneven the fries will be during the cooking process. So once you blanch the fries, you pull them out of the 325, you can let all the shortening drain off of them. You're looking for the fry to be bendable, almost feel like it's rubbery, and it should still be very light in color. Now the health department is going to want you to let the blanched french fries cool but within 15 to 20 minutes, you're going to need to transfer them into refrigeration until they're ready for that final french fry drop. So when you go to store your fries in the refrigeration, you want to place them in a not-too-deep rectangular storage tub, kind of of like a Cambro or Rubbermaid. Those work perfectly, and they'll fit between shelves. Ideally, the tub should have a grate in the bottom, some type of draining mechanism to allow the shortening to drip off of them and collect in the bottom without remaining on the lower level of the fries. You also don't want to put a lid on it because there'll still be some steam rising up out of those, especially when you put it into the refrigerator. And if you have a lid on it, that steam's going to collect on the lid and just fall right back down onto the fries. And it's going to make them soggy. So you added water back to them. You can also put clean kitchen towels loosely on top of the fries to help absorb some of the moisture. Or you can even use paper towels. When you store the blanched fries, it allows them to rest. And then it also helps the fries to form a surface that will not be easily penetrated by the oil the next time you go to finish frying them. And what that does is it results in a crisper fry than if you took the exact same amount of potatoes and just fried it once. So just before lunch or dinner, bring out the fries that you're going to need and only the fries you're going to need. And you may be bringing out multiple batches, but bring out one pan. And you don't want to set them in the fry baskets waiting to be dropped because the heat will cause them to wilt. And that steam from the shortening is going to make them get soft and clumped together. So you want to keep them away from the fryer. You only want to load the basket right when you're ready to drop it. You want to fry these at 350. You want to use third to one half full baskets, never ever more than one half full. And you want to fry one basket at a time so that way the fryer has time to recover its temperature before you drop that second basket. Partway through the frying, you want to shake the basket to help redistribute the fries in the basket so that way they don't clump together. If you don't shake them, they're going to fry together and turn into a big loaf when you go to dump them out. This loaf effect also happens if you overfill the basket. So again, just to remind you, no more than half full ever. One third is even better. Once they're golden brown, you remove the fries, you put them onto a flat surface, you salt them to taste, and you bag them or prepare them for your containers. Now, all of that is just for fresh cut french fries. So if your truck is branded towards fresh and handmade items, then by all means, do your own french fry cutting and your own deep frying of your fries. But if you're adding fresh fries because you think it's going to make a sales difference, you might want to look at other sales building strategies first because they won't make a difference. The guest wants a delicious end product that has value and generosity. Frozen french fries are going to be consistent and they're going to be certainly less labor intensive. It will be the extremely rare guest that walks away when they ask you, hey, are your fries fresh? And you say, nope, they're frozen. It's going to be the rare one that walks away. Most of the time, they won't care and still order anyway. So the question is, fresh cut preferred over frozen? Not really. And it's certainly not enough to matter one way or the other. Market fresh cut if you feature fries as your main seller. So if you're a French fry truck, then certainly market having fresh cut fries. That makes a difference. 
but you don't want to market having fresh cut fries if it is not your feature product. Doesn't make sense to market a side item, because that's what fries are, over your main products. So if you're a burger truck, it doesn't make a lot of sense to brag about fresh cut fries. How about fresh cut locally sourced meat? That'll go a lot farther. Specialties are what bring people to your truck in the first place. Not if you spend a ton of time and money on fresh cutting a side item like french fries. Pick the one that makes labor, storage, and financial sense for you. If it's frozen, go with frozen and be proud of what you serve. If it's fresh, go with fresh and be proud of what you serve. Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. 